ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the City Geek Country Geek DC Comics Podcast, episode number 74, I think. I think. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I don't know, I'm having a look. Um, yeah, I'll... <laughs> I mean, you guys know the spiel by now. My name's Gareth Oliver. I'm coming to you from the beautiful Grampians here in Western Victoria. I'm joined this week by a man who has been wiggling his way through the day. That's Paul Casey. How are you, Paul? We got we all got very wiggly this morning. Went and saw the uh, went and saw the wiggles at the at the Grand Chancellor here in Hobart. Good times. Hmm. It was fun. It's a- it's the it's the first concert that that uh, we've taken the toddler to. Was it um, not their Christmas one? They're doing they're doing a Christmas early for that. Oh, it's a, yeah, a bit early for that. Just uh, just just the regular wiggle songs that we all know and love. Well, that we all know. Basically, no and air quotes love. Yeah. So good gig. Yeah, it was good. It was good. They um. They uh they like to take the Mickey out of each other a lot, which is quite entertaining for for us adults. They make a lot of jokes at Captain Feathersword's expense, which is also quite hilarious. He's only he's the most. Uh, Emma Wiggle's pretty a pretty talented lass. Yeah, she's pretty talented, but I mean Captain Feathersword, as we talked about oh, well months ago on this show, went to uh, the same acting school as Hugh Jackman. That that's right. Yes. And is also a trained operatic singer, I think. Yes, 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 he is just like a uh, just like old Simo. Oh, uh, yeah, we talked about. It. Did he look? Did he look dead inside? Just black, bored eyes. Yeah, is that what he's just dreaming like? about? All of the roses that would be. Th- yeah, pretty much. I think. Mm. We didn't have. We didn't have front row scene. No, I. I said to Paul before we started recording, we, we are going to see the Wiggles ourselves in November, and it's a Christmas show. So, like, it's late November. Uh, late, and, um, yeah, uh, tickets went on sale and went extremely quickly, so we'll, we'll be at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre, which is a really cool pl- place to, to go on and see shows. Like, I remember I saw Flight of the Concords there. Um, and uh, we're going to be way up the back. Yeah, still. Yeah, and look, my 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 eldest and my wife have already seen the wheels anyway. They're Morton, uh, official on second birthday actually. So um, that well, that'll be good. We're looking forward to it. Um, I forgot to ask too. How was your father's day last week? We didn't we didn't even send shoutouts to to uh, father. I wouldn't send anything to my dad, but I would to my father in law. And but we didn't do that last week. No. no, no. I don't know why we didn't even think of it. Uh, we didn't. We didn't do much. We went out. Went out for breakfast, and uh, uh, that's 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 really about it. I didn't. I didn't. Oh, fair enough. Just yeah, just a nice breakfast, fine with me. Did you get any any presents? Did you get any any loot? Yes, I did get some loot. I got a I got a Seattle Seahawks T-shirt. Very nice. It's my team, and uh, I got a pair of Prince socks. I saw the Prince socks on. Uh, <laughs> Some one of those popular social media sites. Pretty awesome, huh? Mm. Well, let's talk about the <laughs> Seahawks T-shirt. <laughs> love the um, I love the roughneck socks. Um, I have Seattle Seahawks socks. I have Captain America socks, and I have Prince socks. Is the Seahawks good, good 
t-shirt. Is it lime green? No, it's royal blue. Because they really, really pushed the lime green, haven't they, last few years? Yeah. Yeah, in fact, our wedding colors were navy blue and lime green. Mm. Seahawks colors. Mm. Okay. I'd love a I'd love a Seahawks shirt that was uh that was lime green. Really? Can't really find them though. Yeah. Uh, I don't think lime green's hideous. Well, you're just you're you're just not a Seahawks man. No, I'm not. Not at all. I'm, in fact, as regular listeners to the show know, I'm not an NFL fan. Yeah, NFL season has officially started. By the way, oh. in case you're uh, in case you're keeping score at home. So, who are the Patriots going to play in the Super Bowl? Because always every year it seems to be the Patriots. Well, the uh, the Patriots lost their first game to the they? Uh, to the sizable margin, and uh, that must have been quite deflating for the Patriots. Ah, uh, yes, I get the I, I like Captain America in. Uh, you Avengers. see what I did there? I, I, I get that reference. You see what I did there? Yes, yes. On the tenth anniversary of Spygate, no less. Oh, really? Yeah. Ten years. <laughs> ten years since that. Ten years since they were caught illegally videotaping an opposing team's Super Bowl walkthrough. That's right. I don't understand. Again, like, here, again, spoilers do that. You, they always have like you know assistant coaches or you know people wherever sitting up in the stands watching the other teams train. Not in America. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. You get you get you're granted some some secrecy in America. Mm. Yeah, I guess so. Um, now, like last week, we haven't got a great deal of news. I'll actually I'll talk about my Father's Day before we get into to this stuff. I yes, do share. I got a new Aquaman hat, which was pretty cool, and a new a new coffee mug an updated one for work with both the girls' pictures on it. Um, and also, Siobhan saw a show... Now, you're probably familiar with Hive. Mm-hmm. On ABC Kids. There was an episode of The Hive where... Um, sure. One, sure of, am. one of the bees got their dad some slippers for Father's Day. And so Siobhan just decided, that's it, that's what you get your dad for Father's Day, is slippers. And she was so excited about it. Um, so I got slippers as well. She couldn't wait to wake me up to give them to me. I need some slippers. You know what? I wouldn't have bought them for myself. Them out. You know, she's three years old. She picked them out. And I tell you what, I I, I really like them. I, I quite like them. I'm wearing them right now. They're very warm. You know, very comfortable. It's it's good. And you know, still when when Siobhan says you're wearing them, she says she gets says, "Oh, you're wearing the slippers. Do you love them, Dad?" And I'm like, "Yes, Siobhan, I love the slippers. They're wonderful." And and I I say that without a word of a lie. I do. They're they're great. They're great. Excellent slippers. So uh, happy Father's Day to my father-in-law, Pete, for last week. Better late than never, I guess. And uh, if if you're listening, if you just happen to be listening, I didn't wish you. Happy Father's Day! On the it's not Father's Day in America. No, that's like back in June or something, isn't it? I I said Father's Day when it was actually yeah June. Yeah. You know why Father's Day in September here? It's because it's football finals time. So, yeah, that makes sense. I was told that at one point in life. In fact, I'm watching 
the very end of the uh, AFL elimination final between Port Adelaide and West Coast. It's gone. To, it's it's in extra time. Only the third AFL final to go to extra time. Uh, and the Eagles, West Coast Eagles, have just kicked a goal after the siren in extra time to win the game. Wow, that's dramatic. Uh, it, it, it's um, extremely dramatic. It, it, it but, never but, happened. Never happens in Australian football. But they have extra time. Only in the finals. So it's not like so it's not like the grand final where they just go, uh, it's it's a tie. Everybody wins. We'll just all come back and do it again next weekend. I think they bring they got um, going to have extra time for the grand finals too after the last tie. But um, this is only the third tied final in uh, in history, and it's been won with a goal after the siren in extra time. So I don't know what would be what would be the American equivalent. Of that? I guess it'd be like in you know, winning a, an NFL playoff game with like a. With a, a, a you know a field goal, in the final whistle, um, or or how? Yeah, right on the. Uh, yeah, well, it would just be scoring like, you know, very last driving play. the in, in the the entire length of the field, and uh, scoring with you know one second left. Mm. Yeah. Which which is which has happened. Yeah, I'm sure it has. Um. Hey, like last week, we're going to start off with our comic reviews because we haven't got much else to talk about. So uh, we only got three books. We've got the same three books, which also meant I didn't have to get a song queued up for the break, which is good too, because um, it won't be a break. The show's not going to be that long. Paul, what was your book of the week? Uh, hmm. I'd, I'd have to say Batman. Okay. The yeah. other, the other, the other books I, I didn't really, I didn't really care too much for. Interesting, interesting. Because um, my book of the week was actually Green Arrow. Yeah, and, and I really liked Batman too. Green Lanterns, I could, you know, whatever. So, um, do you want to have a bit of a chat about Batman? It was uh, the Battle of Kite Man Part Two, wasn't it? It was a. Uh, it was the second interlude. Mm. And uh, it seems entirely too early for a second interlude, but yeah, that's that's what Tom King, Tom King is giving us. Yeah. So uh, while we're talking credits, Tom King was the writer. Clay Mann did the pencils. Seth Mann did the inks. Related, maybe. Jordy uh, Jordy Erdler's Clayton Cowles did the letters. Mikhail Yannan did the cover. Tim Sale and Brendan Wagner did the variant cover, which mm, it's not that great. The main the main cover is way better. Yep. So we start out this issue the. The Ballad of Interlude, The Ballad of Kite Man, Part 2. Uh, we start off with Kite Man talking to Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Um, and we find out, strung out through the issue, that Batman has de- has uh, has decided to team up with the Riddler. And he is picking off the Joker, um, the Joker's crew, one by one. And there's a recurring, recurring theme throughout the issue that Kite Man is just a joke. And, well, you know, he sort of is. But... Batman beats up Kite Man several times this issue. Uh, doesn't really want to, just wants Kite Man to, to just give up where the Joker is. Uh, Kite Man never really does. Um, we see taken out in this issue by Batman. Um, in order, uh, Kite Man. Then we go to um, the uh, Ventriloquist. We go to the Man Bat. 
Uh, who do we go after that? We go um, Mr. Master, Scarecrow, Mr. Um, the Mad Hatter. Uh, so that's you know that's a, a, it's a it's quite a stroll through the Rogues Gallery there, and we end the issue with Kite Man uh, captured by the Riddler and, and uh, being interrogated by the Riddler. Hmm. So what? So, so there's a you like this book. I. <laughs> Yeah, I did. I did like it. I think this this pack is going to read much better in in trade, mm. as opposed to just single issues that you have to wait two weeks for. Because a lot, I do, I do like the War of Jokes and Riddles, but I don't love it. But I give Tom King actually trying to tell a Batman story in a different way than we usually get. Yep. Which, which I so it's 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 much more, it's much more cinematic, I suppose, and it's much more, reads more like a novel than a than a comic book. Yeah, you know what? You have to, you have to assume a lot of things, yeah. which I'm fine with. Which which I'm I'm fine with. I am disappointed in the War of Jokes and Riddles, bro. And I know that you've you have spoken to no what was it Tom King who who was it tweeted you the other week and it was a book that you slammed no it was um uh, it was uh, Snyder yeah it was sorry something the, the yeah the medal um and and he apologised to you didn't he <laughs> he did not apologise for the quality of metal no but uh, he, uh I'm sorry you don't like it. Uh, well, in fact, I will I will read the tweet word for word, mm. because I savaged metal <laughs> on my Twitter and on this podcast, and I'm glad he didn't listen to the podcast. Yeah, I think that was on the last episode. Said, no, I don't think it was. I think it was the one before the last episode. But anyway, uh, Scott Snyder says, "Sorry, it didn't do it for you. Not trying to redo the history of the DCU. Just trying to bring back characters I love to their prominence, make their histories work the best I." So one of the things that I criticized him for on Twitter is that he's trying to rewrite the history, the entire history of the DCU. Mm. And he sent you a direct message. So that he sent me a, a, a he sent me a direct message, and he and he hasn't blocked me, which most most creators do. You say something should work, or criticize them, and they just block. They just hit the block button, mm. and they go not even do uh, some harsh criticism of Nick Spencer as well. He blocked me. Either yet. Wonder if he listens to the so, recap, Nick Spencer. So, okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think the. Uh, I think you would have hit the block button. Okay, fair enough. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm not in the War of Jackson Riddles as much as I thought it would be. Uh, I, I I thought it would be it would move at a, at a faster pace than what it does. Um, it's just it, uh, just the way the story is told as well just seems strange. Like the story is being told as a story being told by Bruce Wayne to Selina Kyle, and then you think, well, how the hell does he know what's going on? The, you know, the kite man goes to visit Joker in his suburban house and stuff like that. That being said, I really liked this issue. It was my favorite probably of the the arc so far. Okay, I mean, who who knew kite man would be such an engaging character? Well, I'm. Kite Man. Really? <laughs> yeah. 
Have you have you liked Kite Man or have you been like ha, Kite Man? What a joke! I've been I've been going Kite Man. Hell yeah! No, you have not. Don't <laughs> don't don't come at me with that stuff. Don't don't tell lies to me and the listeners of this podcast. We no one well, has ever said that about Kite Man. Never. I've always I've always thought Kite Man. Well, I wouldn't say like I say I've always thought Kite Man was the villain. I mean, he's basically the same power set as like the vulture from spider-man only less interesting until now yeah but who, whoever has said oh you know you know who my favorite spider-man villain is the vulture no well somebody at marvel did no what because he's in the movie yeah no that doesn't mean anything what are they going to use green goblin again no they got to do something they could use the hobgoblin they could use jack-o-lantern well, I sort of, sort of did use Hobgoblin. I mean, they they, they had the new Goblin, and ah, uh, I don't know. Look, that, let's not talk about that. Um, <laughs> look, I, I I tell you what. I, one thing I also liked about this was I love Clayman's art. I really liked his work on the uh, the Poison Ivy, um, Cycle of Life and Death series, and I, I love his art in this book too. Yeah, I thought I thought it was really good. It's usually Michael Jannon whose art I like quite a lot. And uh, different, but I I quite enjoyed it. What score would you give this book? Uh, I gave this book seven out of ten. I gave it seven and a half. I I ton reading it, so I got through it pretty quick. I I can't believe that I'm 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 having all these you know you know f- feelings of sorrow and stuff for Kite Man. You never thought that someone could make Kite Man a a tragic character. No. No. Here we are. All right. My book of the week was Green Arrow number 30. So, Hard Traveling Hero Part 5. The day Oliver Queen has finally arrived. Green Arrow, DC's most stubborn and hot-headed hero, needs help from the last person he ever wanted to ask, Hal Jordan, who will give the Emerald Archer a lift to the stars in this stunning reunion that readers have demanded since Rebirth began. Uh, Written by Benjamin Percy, pencil, ink, cover, colour, by Otto Schmidt. So, uh, a pretty crap variant cover to go with this one, too. Just quietly. Oh, most of the Green Arrow variant covers have been shit. They're all... Aren't they, aren't they done by... Um, uh, Denny O'Neill? The variant covers? Oh, I can't remember. Denny O'Neill and Mike Grell, and they're, they're both old-school artists, and they haven't bothered to update their style or anything for 20, 30 years. Yeah, they're just not very good. Now, what did you think of the very opening page? Uh, let me just remind myself what it actually was. Well, okay, well, you got Ollie on, on the motorbike, and then you got like, oh, yeah, yeah. Look, no. circular pictures of people who are afraid of stuff. So you got the farmer who's like, I'm afraid that we won't have a crop because of the drought, and, you know, the um, the the fellow who's, I'm afraid the factory's going to shut, and another one, you know, I'm afraid that the cops will shoot me, and I'm afraid this person will mug me, and I'm afraid of their president, and I'm afraid of terrorists, and... All that sort of stuff. What did you make of that? Uh, I thought it was a bit heavy-handed, but I, I don't. I don't mind a bit of heavy-handed political, um, political shenanigans in my Green Arrow book. Yeah, I was going to say it's green. You sort of expect some of that stuff in in Green Arrow. Um, I mean, you know, Benjamin Percy chucks a bit of it through through this run. We've seen seen that a few times. We've seen it in this arc where you know you had the picture of Trump and Luther and. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so the Ninth Circle are uh, going after Ollie, and um, along comes Hell Jordan to help out, and they decide the best way to, to stop the Ninth Circle from invading everyone's privacy is to space, find the uh, the Queen Industry satellite that the Ninth Circle are using, and, you know, blow it up, essentially. And it's it's not just a satellite, it's 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 huge. It's like this massive, one or two pages again of Emika, um Black Canary, you know, still doing their stuff in Star City, former Seattle, Liberty and uh, and Hal. And I tell you what, I, I really enjoyed this. I liked a lot of the uh the the snappy dialogue between the two green clad heroes. Um Otto Schmidt's art. I mean he he's not as good as Juan Ferreira, but he has his own style and it works and it works well in this book. Um uh, you could just tell that Ollie and Hal have got a long relationship in this book. And um yeah, a lot of a lot of actiony stuff and Hal gets up ends up getting, you know, shot out into space by uh by some old ninth circle uh mach- machinations leaving Ollie without the construct space suit he was wearing. Um and that's where it ends, but I thought this book was um was a lot of fun. And I, I this hard traveling heroes is getting better as it goes along to be honest. Yeah, I didn't I didn't enjoy this book too much. Okay. Please elaborate. I don't think Otto Schmidt's art is as good as it usually is. It's ve- it's very pencil mm-hmm. issue. Um there's a lot of face whiskers that Otto Schmidt doesn't usually have. I thought just the the shapes of his faces were quite weird in some in some panels. It just wasn't as clean and as crisp as it usually is. Hmm. Uh, I really don't. I really don't like the close up of Black Canary on page fourteen. No, I she didn't looks, mind that. I think she looks weird. I think she looks a bit weird. Um, I, I thought that the, the dialogue didn't strike me as being uh, very good really I thought it was very forced really yeah hmm. I was it was okay it's it's just it's like every other issue in the hard traveling hero arc it's just like it's oh it's okay I mean you know you're gonna you want to squeeze in a team up with all of the Justice League I get it so I mean what are you gonna do with Hal well we're gonna go to space yeah well of course what else would you do yeah well of course and, you know so the uh the ninth circle's satellite receiver thing is uh is on the dark side of the moon, and I was looking for Batman's moon cave, but I didn't see it. No, that's 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 probably on the um, darkest side of the moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, you missed uh, the most um, um, part of the book, which is that uh, it looks like Green Lantern is dead. Oh yeah, well. We'll see. At the end of the book. I, I hate to break it to everyone here, but Green Lantern. No, he won't. He won't be. Um, I, no, of course not. But Yeah. I No, I, I really liked it. I, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I thought it was cool. Uh, just, so, Hal Jordan has the most powerful weapon in the entire universe versus technology. I mean, Hal Jordan could just make a giant battering ram and just smash this thing to pieces if he wants. Mm. But, but here they are on page 21 and all he's trying to pick the, pick the lock with a thing. And it's just, I'm like, eh. okay. 
I'm 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 really tired of the night circle. I have night circle fatigue. Can we just move on to something else? Yeah, look, I'll, I agree with that. I, I'm a bit over the night circles. Well, we've had them since the begin thirty issues now of night and, circle. Uh, the story hasn't really progressed at all in the thirty issues. No, we're still I, basically the same spot that we were. Yeah, I, I, I thought we were getting away from the Ninth Circle like about twenty issues ago. No, it just came straight back. I mean, I don't, I don't mind. I wouldn't mind having them as a um, as a recurring villain, but that only works around like a Court of Owls style. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they make their presence known every once in a while in subtle ways, but not thirty issues of Ollie versus the uh, versus the Ninth Circle. Yeah, and look, if they're that well connected and they're that techno- technologically savvy and advanced what's the guy with a bow and arrow going to do well that's the whole thing with green arrow isn't it mm. yeah but this is like this monolith functional global corporation versus one guy with a bow and arrow and he's travelling across the state so unless he's picking up every single arrow he shoots he's going to be running out of arrows in that quiver pretty quick I, I had that that exact same thought when uh, when Al mentioned that at the very start of the issue about oh you're, don't don't waste your arrows. Like, no, that's that's a good point. Where is he making these arrows? Yeah, I mean he's on the run. Oliver Queen's on the run from just stop into the the nearest archery store, nearest <laughs> sports shop, and say I'll have uh, I'll have two dozen arrows, please, and can you put a boxing glove on one and. Um, just rig up a few exploding heads and parachutes and whatever else. Well, we see on uh, we see on on Arrow the TV show makes them that he has a little grinding wheel in the Arrow cave and he files them down, sharpens them himself. Yes, but he is on the road and I don't know if he can really fit a grinding in that motorbike of his. That's that's what I'm saying. Mm. <laughs> like, what, what's he? Yeah, what's he, what's he doing? Yeah. Anyway, I, 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 I put and that aside. the and the other thing that I wondered, which is just it's just the sort of meta I ask when you read stories like this. It's like once they determined that it was basically a giant technological antenna that is there to get in transmitted digitally. Why wouldn't Hal call Cyborg and go, "Hey, Vic." Can you do something about this? Maybe can you just jam the signal or something? Well, because that'll ruin it for when Green Arrow meets up with Cyborg later on in the series. Well, that could segue to introduce Cyborg. Yeah, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, anyway, it's just one of those things. It's like, did you read in the late nineties? Did you read No Man's Land? The bat, the Batman crossover. Uh, I may have read some of it actually. So the. The story is that there was a massive earthquake in Gotham City, and Gotham City gets cut off from the United States. And so the government just goes, eh, we're not really interested. It's martial law. Just do whatever. So the first time I read No Man's Land, I thought to myself, Batman is in the Justice League, and he has comms. He could talk to the rest of the League and just have them like drop in food and humanitarian supplies, but he never does. That's an odd decision, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, all it all it takes is one call. Uh, hey, Superman, can you uh, can you drop us some bread and some milk? 
Oh, sure, Bruce, I'll come and uh, I'll tell you what, I can even push Gotham City just by the hand. Yeah. And fix it all up for you. But no. But they never do that. Like, no. No, like we, they never do. But. We talked about it the other week, like, you know, the Batman, like, if the Batman film, and we're mad about, oh, it's not going to be part of the DCU. And then it was, you know, clarified about, you know, well, it is, but it's going to be standalone. It's not going to be. Because how easy would it be? Just to call up Superman, whatever, and and there you go, problem solved. Because Batman, Batman doesn't face, you know, really any meta, meta human villains, does he? Most of his villains are, you know, just general maniacs, gimmick based. Yeah. So how easy would it be just to be like, oh, hey, Superman, Joker's, you know, doing stuff again. Can you find him, please? And Superman's. He's there in, in in the blink of an eye, and then it's like, oh yeah, there he is. In the in the abandoned amusement park, probably should look there first, Bruce. <laughs> you think, being the world's greatest detective and all that, the Joker would have something to do with an amusement park? Yeah, and he the, does seem to hide out there an awful lot. Yeah, he does. He does. Um, on the the Batman sixty six episode that was on last night on uh, SBS Viceland, he he bought, Joker bought. Uh, the one-armed bandit novelty company, and and his big his thing was he was going to turn young people to a life of crime by making all the vending machines give out, you know, silver dollars and uh, exam school uh, exam uh, answers and all this sort of stuff, and the kids would be would look at you know much easier it is to take the easy way through life. And would then turn to a life of crime. <laughs> and well, uh, okay. And these school kids found like silver dollars, and they went to get their milk from the vending machine. And straight away, straight away, Commissioner Gordon's like, "Oh, well, it has to be the Joker." Well, how, why does it have to be the Joker? <laughs> <laughs> well, still, still, I have to say, it, it makes more sense land in Civil War. Well, he's a lot less convoluted. And I took the Joker had Batman and Robin dead to rights too. He he he'd captured them. He'd rigged up a machine. When Batman and Robin went to investigate it, it shot out like a a, a little arm and grabbed them and then sprayed them with knockout gas. And then he had them in the back of a van, hooked up to a, a slot machine. And when it had three lemons, they'd get fifty thousand volts. Luckily for the dynamic duo. A blackout hit Gotham City at the exact moment that third lemon was about to pop up. Oh, lucky! Yeah, lucky days. And another thing, when my father he watches it because you know, he loves the original Batman series. He grew up on it as a kid, and he, he was saying um, the Joker is standing right there in the room with Dick Grayson, and Dick Grayson sounds exactly the same as Robin. How does he not pick that up? <laughs> like they make no effort and, and neither does Batman in this series he makes no effort to, to alter his voice Batman could be in you know with a, one of the, the Gotham socialites and Alfred and Alfred would be like oh you got a phone call Mr Wayne and Batman would be like yeah sure Alfred will take him to Batcave and then he picks up the phone and he's just like hello Batman speaking in exactly <laughs> the same voice uh-huh. maybe I'm looking a bit too deep into the 60s Batman series yeah. You're probably not too deep into the 60s Batman series. That's fun, though. 
It's, it, if you missed it last night, it'll be on again tomorrow at 5.30 on SPS Viceland. Nice. They have, like, double episodes and they're playing back-to-back. I'm hoping for Surf's Up. <laughs> Which, have, you, have you seen that episode? Uh, no. The Joker tries to win over the puppet I don't think so. by, by beating Batman. And, oh, Batman tries to... You know, win the puppy back by beating the Joker at a surfing contest because the Joker's gotten in with all the surfers. Yeah, trying to get popular, so people leave him alone for his to do his 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 no good deeds. That sounds like a Yep, and and they they have their surfing. Joker's got board shorts over his purple suit. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, purple suit. And Batman's got the board shorts over the bat suit. Fantastic. Um, now, did you want to talk about? Green Lanterns? Because I don't. I didn't think it was very good at all. I didn't think it was good at all either. But because I bought it and because I read it, I will talk about it. Okay, so we... I'm going to make this review really, really quick. So the next installment in the story of the first Green Lanterns 10 billion years ago. And it's basically Voltum... Uh, single-handedly taking down everyone first lanterns. Uh, he quickly dispatches the plant elemental and the white Martian and the uh, the brainiac one. Who it said smartest dumbass of Yod Kalu. Did did you notice that descriptor? Yeah. I don't I don't understand what that even is supposed to mean. Um, it means that like you know, I think I think dumbass is not as in like um. As in, like, you know, being intel- uh, not intelligent, I mean, dumbass is in, like, you know, just like a pain in the ass. Well, someone could be, like, a dumbass, just be, like, a, a bit of an airhead, but still be intelligent. Not me. I, uh, I just, guess, just go but... With it. Just go. All right, anyway. Yeah. So, it, it, it's just very odd, it's loaded um, descriptor, and it would be fine in, like, a Harley Quinn book or something fun, but this this story quickly becomes not very fun. So anyway, we, uh, three books we, ago. we, we have the, we have the smartest dumbass of the brainiac planet. And so this is, um, uh, Volthoom single handedly taking down all of the first, uh, all of the first lanterns. And, uh, we get a, um, a little snippet of him on the, uh, on the guardians planet, fixing it up because they won't bother to do it. um, and that's pretty much, pretty much the story up until Simon Baz decides to uh, face Voltum, even though he doesn't have a ring. But uh, at the very end panel, all of the rings come to him, and he's uh, he's got four rings, plus whatever um, shards of his ring is remaining in his arm, mm. plus is uh, that emerald sight yeah, that thing, thing, which is which is a rather convenient power to have when he needs it. Yeah, yeah, a bit like the the power going out in Gotham on Batman last night. Just a convenient, just thing. Mm. Yeah, I I've been uh, to the latest Weird Science Spotlight, the um, the free one. They also have um, Patreon ones if you want to want to pay for them. But they still put out a free one. And something that Jim brought up that I didn't think about until I listened, and he's exactly right, is when Volthoom was cha- was you know was on on the game planet, and he's he's going through all the different emotional spectrum. We've seen that in this in this Green Lantern, um, Green Lantern series before, but it was with uh-huh. Frank Laminsky. Uh-huh. So it was it was 
you know, Jim's point, and I agree with it, was it was pretty much just a rehash of that. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was a it was a rehash of that, and it was not done nearly as well as Frank Leminski. No, oh, no, I agree. Uh, I, I thought Frank Leminski's... Uh, <laughs> isn't that such a lame name for a villain? Frank Leminski. Well, that's that's why they chose the name Frank Leminski. Yeah, I guess. He didn't even give himself a supervillain name or anything, no. He, he, you know, he could have. But yeah, you're right. Frank Leminski was, was a somewhat sympathetic character in some ways. Uh, I would have to say that that issue of Green Lanterns, it's one of my favorite single issues from the entire Rebirth era. It was so good. It was so good. This issue was just, it was, yeah, it was a rehash and it was not done nearly as well as the Frank Leminski story. And the art, something was off about the art as well. Something something was very off about about the art. It was one of those ones where they made Jessica Cruz look like a 12-year-old girl again. And uh, they made Volthoom for most of the panels that he was in. He looked like a uh, like a fifteen year old emo kid mm. for several panels. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, wasn't wasn't good. I mean, if you picked up the trade of this arc, it would just throw you completely. When all the books are collected and you see the art for this book, for like for this particular story, and just how different it is to the others. Yeah. Yeah, drawbacks of trades, I guess. Um, what score did you give it? I gave this book four out of ten. Four, yeah, I gave it five. Um, did you do the credits? Um, I can't remember. Let me just do them again in case I forgot. Hmm. Because it would be rude not to. Yeah. Um, let me just find them. Where are they? Sam Humphreys? Uh, yeah, Sam Humphreys was the writer. Eh, flipping through, they're not at the front. And oh, they're there. They're on the very last page. Sam Humphreys was the writer. Carlo Barberi did the pencils. Matt Santarelli did. Uh, Ulysses Ariola did the colors, and Dave Sharp did the letters. Brad Walker, Drew Hennessy, and Jason Wright did the cover, and Brandon Peterson did the variant cover. There you go. There you go. So that's our comic reviews for this week. So now. Said at the top of the show, we didn't have a great deal of news, um, and we, we really don't. The biggest news that I found was Hawk and Dove are going to be in the Titans TV series. So, Paul, you hadn't heard this news, had you? No, I haven't. And Hawk is going to be played by uh, someone who's familiar with the uh, the DC characters. He's going to be played by. Uh, Alan Richardson, who people may remember as Quinn uh, from Smallville. And that's this week's obligatory Smallville reference. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's relevant, <laughs> isn't it? Of course it is. So I, they're not going to... Hawk and Dove won't be teens in this one. Surely not. I mean, he's 32. And Minka Kelly, who's going to be playing Dawn Granger, Dove, it's 37. Yeah. yeah. Probably a bit too old to pass as a teenager. Mm. Probably. Um, I never heard of Minka Kelly. She's, she's been in quite a few movies. She's been in 500 Days of Summer. She was in uh, the Friday Night Lights TV series, so you probably would have... Mm-hmm. That's a good show. 
what else has she been in that I, I've... Uh, she's in uh, the TV series Almost Human. She's been in lots of different things. Just Go With It, which is an Adam Sandler movie, so I haven't seen that. Um, she was in a movie called The, the Pumpkin Carver. Carver is spelt with a K. Okay. So there's... Okay. I've heard the name. Uh, who did she play in Friday Night Lights? Do you have that information? Candy? Uh, in Friday Night Lights, she played Lila Garrity. Uh, yep. Okay. Yeah. No. Know her? Yep. Uh, and Alan Richardson's last role, he's probably well known for, he was uh, Raphael in the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies. Uh, was also in uh, one of the Hunger Games films as well. Probably best known to most people was um, uh, Aquaman from Smallville. Nice. He wasn't a bad Aquaman either. He wasn't. No, maybe not. I, I, I wouldn't have him in the movies as Aquaman, but he wasn't <laughs> bad in the series. You should. I think you should fit time in your life for another podcast, which is uh, episode by the recap of Smallville. No. <laughs> no. I've, I've got this, and I've got the weekly uh, the weekly show on radio, and. I've got the monthly Celtic Punk cast. So, no. Nah. Not doing it. Not, not doing a Smallville one. No. <laughs> so, we, we now have cast in this series. We've got uh, Raven's been cast, Starfire, Dick Grayson's been cast, and now uh, Hawk and Dove have been cast. So. Who else? Who's left? Beast Boy. Beast Boy, yeah. Cyborg, maybe. Yeah, would you have Cyborg in Titans if you're going to have him in the uh, the movie-verse, though? Well, no, probably not, but this is DC. Mm. And they're, uh, they're always, oh, I have to keep the universes separate. Yeah, Bumblebee. Uh, yeah, you could have Bumblebee. I'd like to see Tempest, but I don't think we will. Um, the, just, just on Brenton Thwaites, who's going to be playing uh, Dick Grayson. He's 28 as well, so maybe, a bit older maybe. than Robin. It might be Nightwing. I hope it's Nightwing. Nightwing is just one step removed, one step more removed from Batman, which they really need. Yeah. Um, even though the, of course, you know, Nightwing movie coming out, so apparently. Who would know? I actually have a little bit of um, food. So I'm, I'm all over this. Some movie um, news. Yes. Okay. Suicide Squad 2 has a uh, a writer and a director. So this is from... Oh, where are we? Polygon. So the guy who, uh, who did The Accountant, Gavin O'Connor, has uh, has been hired to uh, write and direct too. So this has uh, been confirmed by The Hollywood Reporter. So no Mel Gibson and no David Ayer. Oh... So it's not in production right. yet. It remains unclear when filming will begin, but recent reports suggest that Warner Brothers wants to fast-track Suicide Squad 2 and its Harley Joker spin-off movie, but many of the actors involved in Suicide Squad 2 are wrapped up in other projects. The sequel's cast has not been announced, but the majority of the cast from the first film are expected to return. So I think you'll have Suicide Squad 2, then the, uh, the Harley Quinn Joker 
um, movie, and from there you'll go to Birds of Prey. That might mm. be pretty easy for it to set up the uh, the Joker Harley Quinn spinoff from Suicide Squad. Yeah, well, from the first Suicide Squad movie, you could just from the ending, like Joker and Belrev. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have the uh, oh, you can have the um, the cartoonish body and Clyde sort of thing happening, which would be great. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Um, is there, well, also, just to, back to that, um, Titans news, there was a lot of talk about Alan Richardson playing, um, uh, Shazam, playing Captain Marvel. I did, I do, I do remember hearing that. Can't see that happening now. No, not now. Um, and did you also hear one of the rumours for, uh, Shazam? Uh, I, I heard the name John Cena. John Cena, yep. I uh, I don't know about that. No, as Shazam, maybe, but yeah, Shazam. depends on depends on what they're going to do for Billy Batson. Well, apparently, Billy Batson is going to be they're going to get just some kid to be Billy Batson. Some kid, <laughs> just, <laughs> just some random kid, just some rando off the street. They're, yeah, you'll do. They're going to go to the local orphanage and pick and and just pick one lucky orphan, and that kid's going to get to play Billy Batson. Or what they might do is they might do a promotion with a chop and put one golden ticket into a special uh, chocolate bar. I get that reference. Mm. Yeah. And then who knows? Who knows? And then a whole heap of kids might get them and they might have to go through a series of, of tortures that, you know, threaten their lives and those of their parents before the winning kid finally gets the... um finally gets the uh the part. Can only hope. Mm. So um did, did you have any news? Have any news. Oh, okay. Fair that's, enough. That's really it. Mm. Did you have any Sasquatch news? I don't have any Sasquatch news either. It's been <sighs> a quiet it's been a it's been a very quiet month for Sasquatch. It has I I had a quick look for some Sasquatch news. Um and there was, there's one about um, British Columbia who's advocating, you know, further examination. But I mean, that's fairly dry. Um, this this is maybe related, um, and this will also be, interest you because it's from Tasmania. About the people have come out and reckon they've got film of a thylacine. I did see that, and I debated whether to include that or not. Um, the footage. No, it's grainy and out of focus. It's grainy and out of. Focus. <laughs> so that's why I was going to include it. it. And it was it was only from like last year. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty so recent. What did you think? Um, I it's certainly possible that there's Tasmanian tigers just hanging out in the in the in the wilderness like two-thirds of the, the tasmania is is a is a temperate rainforest and there's no roads and there's there's nothing there mm. so it's quite possible that a, a small group of tasmanian tigers exist somewhere but it certainly didn't convince me with the footage so uh like the north is really wild and rugged isn't it uh the southwest the southwest um yeah. be, be quite easy for you know Thylacine, right out there, I guess. 
Yeah, exactly. Like until until I see something that's you know in focus, high resolution, then you know I have no reason to disbelieve people who know better who say that it's extinct. However, it's certainly possible that they're around still. Mm. We there was a Sasquatch sighting this week. Uh, not week, it was actually in Brisbane. Um, and it was our friend Adam, Adam T, who went to went to a, a bar, it appears, called Sasquatch. Um, because all he seems to do is drink. <laughs> Adam, I think you've got a problem. All you seem to do is be smashing down beers. Oh, he eats, uh, he eats a lot of burgers too, doesn't he? He does eat a lot of burgers. And look, I can relate to that. Um, but he he does be smashing down a lot of beers. So you know what, Adam, if you need to have a chat, mate, we're always here. Okay, <laughs> I'm I'm happy to have a talk. If you want to, if you want to, you know, follow the the straight edge like me, you can always come and have a chat. Just saying. Yep. Just uh, yep. Just drop us a line. Uh, how was you th- and let us know how that beer was too. Drinks beer. Occasionally. Occasionally. Yep. Um and that's all we got this week. It's another short show. It's a uh, it's another world record show. Yeah. Under an hour. Under an hour. Two weeks in a row. This is mad. Oh, that's madness. You you just wait though. That's at uh some point in the near future, all of the shows will come back. And uh all of the news will probably drop all at the same time. Well, Justice League's you know, only two months away now. Oh, two months. I think Gotham starts back this month, and uh, most of the CW shows start back next month too. So that's when uh, that's when the podcasts are going to be the uh, the usual two to three hour length that you all know and love. Yeah, that's when, as they would as uh, they would say in the wrestling, when Jr. was commentating, business will pick up. Exactly right. Mm. So. Let's uh, let's just treasure these weeks when we get to when we get to go to bed at a decent hour. Yeah, we get to go to bed on the same day that we start recording the podcast. Exactly. Although I, I was listening to the Fire and Water two hundredth episode, and uh, well done, guys, in two hundred episodes, by the way. And um, I noticed that like when when Paul and I first started this podcast many moons ago, we'd start recording almost bang on nine o'clock, ten thirty, and I noticed that Robin Shag mention that they both start they, they start that podcast around ten thirty as well and it's a very similar reason it's because you know Chag waits till the kids are in bed yeah you have to that, that's pretty much why we do it so late yeah well a lot of well a lot of weeks actually I'm usually reading my books after uh, after the kids are in bed now before you want to give the new episode of the recap a bit of a plug Yes, I do. The uh, the second episode of the recap is up and ready to go. Uh, it, we talk about Tales of Suspense 79 to 81, which is the first appearance of the Cosmic Cube, which has a new Secret Empire 10, which I also break down. Very good. Um, I have it. I haven't listened to it yet, but I have downloaded it. I've got it here uh, in my podcasts. It's got only four minutes. So, Only 44 minutes. Nice, quick little listen. Um, so you can hear Paul on uh, on the Recap Podcast, the new episode that came out this week. Um, 
you can uh, you can hear me every week on Blues and Roots Radio as well on the uh, the Celtic Punkcast Weekly Show on there. So episode two was on there today at uh, one o'clock our time, one p.m. So going nice. going nice, nice. going nicely, and I'll still be doing the uh, the monthly podcast. So I have noticed doing the radio show versus doing the podcast is how much easier it is the podcast because you don't have a set time limit. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah. Actually, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought of that, but that makes sense. Yeah, like um, you know, podcast. If you want to go sixty four minutes, you could. Yeah. Whereas on this one, on, on and I'm, I'm pulling the curtain back a bit here. You know, showing how the sausage is made, as we like to say on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, like the the guys from uh, from BWR sort of said, look, if you can keep it between fifty seven and fifty nine minutes. That's highly specific. Yeah, and I don't think I have yet. I think they've been a wee bit short, but only by a minute or two. And that's all right. They just play some other music to fill in. Oh, still, that's pretty good if, it, if, it's, if you're only a minute off. Yeah, yeah, a minute or two. You know, try and keep it under an hour. But it's, it's different. Like, if I'm doing just the podcast version, then I can as long as I like, you know. Uh, interesting. But yes, you can you can hear that bluesandrootsradio.com BWR Essential, go and check out the uh, the website and the schedule and you can see when uh, the weekly Celtic Punk show Celtic Punkcast show is on and of course you can subscribe to the podcast and you can subscribe to the recap podcast as well iTunes um, and if you want to talk about this podcast here's where you can get hold of us on Twitter at City Country Geek I am at GBO26 and also at Celtic Punkcast or I am at Polly PMC also at the recap pod if you want to talk Captain America with Paul that's um, right. Facebook.com slash CityGeekCountryGeek and email us CityGeekCountryGeek at gmail.com. This episode and every other episode is available on uh, iTunes and also you can download Cloud. And we are a part of the Champagne Podcasting Network. We are the flagship show. Yeah. For the <laughs> podcast, for the uh, Champagne Podcast Network. We are the, we are the Champagne Podcasting Network. Yes. Yeah, it's just Paul and I. That's not me being, you know, being like, yeah, yeah, pumping ourselves up. It's that's just Paul and I. And 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 our three shows. That's it. Until Paul's that fitness show starts up, then it'll be four shows. <laughs> yep. Mm. That's right. All right, everyone. Have a great week. Enjoy your comics. We'll talk at you all again uh, in a week's time. Cheerio. Yeah.